Hello listeners, this episode was originally recorded on April 3rd and we had a couple issues getting it out on time that week, but better late than never, we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all at work. of empty arena shows is it only week three it feels like a lot longer <laughs> it's week three this we're coming up next week will have been like a full month of empty arena shows i think oh wow that's going faster than i thought it did then basically there have been empty arena shows for as long as i've been working from home which is three weeks now okay yeah i'm only done two weeks now so that would make sense yeah it's been a weird time for everyone i think definitely but we've still got wrestling to talk about we have some good wrestling to talk about too that's true which, which always makes this a little bit easier we also have to figure out um how we're doing the wrestlemania show right we agreed to do a wrestlemania show didn't we we did housing that's gonna be two nights eight hours oh boy <laughs> so that's going to be either a very long episode or we only talk about select matches. Yeah, we'll see how the show goes. In the meantime, let's talk about what we normally talk about. Let's talk about being the elite. Which I actually took a bunch of notes on today. So I actually remember what the segments were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was... I mean, like, we got some good content out of it. Yeah, they kept on with... Some of like the important storyline stuff they're covering in it. They brought in a couple different things to talk about. Nice little update in general. Yeah, it, it felt very like we know none of this is normal. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah. I appreciate that they were still able to run a um, Kenny Omega and Cole Cabana spot, despite them being in two entirely separate locations. <laughs> I loved it. it for more than one reason, but I loved it. It was so funny. <laughs> Matt Jackson making coffee for his kid right at the start. I thought it was hilarious. Also adorable. What can I get you? I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> they have their kids are pretty good at, uh, you know, doing the old acting. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like this one was one of those episodes where it like there's not a lot of storyline for them to advance so they're not really doing much of that they did announce did they no that was on twitter that they announced the t the new belt which we have to talk about yeah they announced that on twitter and then showed it off first in dark right so there's a new title belt friends the tnt championship or whatever they're calling it yep which is Basically, like, the old television titles that a lot of places used to have in the 90s and 80s. Right. And 2000s, when TV was still a thing then. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that AEW does that, like, 
You know, especially if they adhere to, like, the idea that it's a belt that only changes hands on network television, not on pay-per-views. Yeah, and it's a really good position for that because they don't have to tease the world title as much then. Right. Like, they can have big title matches for, I guess it could be called a mid-card title, but I might get super kicked for calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is kind of the role that it, it looks to be filling, it seems. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's exciting to have, like, something new that... Uh, yeah, and, like, God, excuse me. Even, I, I, I think calling it a mid-card belt does undersell the value of having a second championship in play. It does. Like, especially with how a lot of titles are traditionally treated through televised wrestling. They, they don't tend to get the same level of attention as they should. But AEW has been really doing their more than their part and reversing a lot of uh, thought patterns for wrestling viewers. That's kind of like, yeah, no. And like the thing that like we're conditioned to a degree by the state of wrestling prior to 2019. Yep. To feel like... There are just too many goddamn belts. There's too many belts. Most of them don't actually matter because they'll either switch too often or never. Mm -hmm. And it's not worth following the stories of those belts because you're just looking for the ending match anyway. With the exception of the 24-7 belt, <laughs> because our truth can pull off some amazing, amazing, hilarious segments. He's done a lot of good work with that belt, I will say. Yes. I know, like, people are, like, not huge on R-Truth for various reasons, but I think his 24-7 run has been pretty solid. Not to bag, we're, no, we stay positive on this show, <laughs> yep. so I will not be overly critical of the belt situation at at WWE. Like, it's, it it is what it is. You don't, like, I mean, like, what what are your choices? Retire some of the belts? Yeah, like it it's really good for for belt marks who like seeing uh gold on cer certain superstars like following those paths. Mm -hmm. But watching the storylines like for me not so much. I don't see as much there for myself. But yeah, I can definitely see the kind of viewer that would be into it. Right. And like I mean, like the Intercontinental belt is one that is like achievable for a lot like so like the the you know like the universal and wwe championship belts the like two big belts yep those are because of the way that wwe does its booking kind of out of reach for a lot of guys yeah so having something that's reachable for people who are really really talented but just not the type that wwe likes to exhibit is a good thing yes and i will fully admit growing up i actually enjoyed watching the Inter intercontinental title stuff more because that's where i saw like bret hart and Shawn michaels start really on their path to going to the world title right so you like you get a mix of guys who just aren't the type to get the world title and guys who are on their path to the world title exactly and it's like you get a bunch of really talented guys who put in a lot of work yep. and it's fun to watch 
and I'm hopeful that this serves a similar purpose as like a way to put some leather on a guy who might be up and coming Darby Allen, but not <laughs> quite ready for the championship. I uh, see. We're going to disagree here because I'm all for Sammy winning this one. Mm. Okay. I can <laughs> see that playing really well. Yep. Can you imagine how much louder and more egotistical he would get if he had a strap on that didn't come out correctly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that had to have been on purpose, Aaron. That nope, that wasn't. <laughs> really? Nope. Really? Really? <laughs> nope. <laughs> as soon it, as it came out of my mouth, I knew what I said. <laughs> you said it as one word. <laughs> Yep, I said the line too fast. <laughs> I mean, I specifically referred to it as leather, so I didn't say strap. Yep. Yep, I know. <laughs> That's gonna go as the promo cut. What cut? Imagine how much more egotistical Sammy Guevara would be if he had a strap on. And that's gonna be the Twitter preview. I'm going to cut that into a video and I'm going to tag Sammy. So there's one person who will never be on the show. <laughs> or one person who's guaranteed to be on the show. I, I will say this then in my defense. Uh, Sammy is damn pretty. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he knows it. <laughs> he does. Um... <laughs> 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 I'm still dying. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to cut that and send it to Emma. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna need a minute. I'm just gonna finish up this beer here. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> I'll pour one out for the working man, Housen. That's what Cold Steve says. I'll collect myself. We got the uh, we got the laugh break in early this week. <laughs> um, but prior to that, um, that I will just call it a botch. That was a botch. Yep. Prior to that botch, um, I was going to say that. I think it adds an opportunity for a really interesting dynamic where someone in the inner circle who's not Jericho has a belt. Yep. And that that would be a big dynamic shift. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of sold on having Sammy win the belt. Now, see, I was completely sold. I was in all the way for Sammy. Mm -hmm. And then we got the second half of the bracket on Wednesday night. <laughs> which has... Kip Sabian, Dustin Rhodes, Colt Cabana, and Lance Archer. We haven't talked about the first part of the bracket yet because we, we haven't gotten to dark. Okay, let's just do I the thought whole we were just bracket. talking about the tournament here. Okay. Okay, let's do the whole bracket. So we have Cody versus Perfect Ten Sean Spears. Yep. We have Darby versus Sammy. Yep. We have Dustin versus Kip Sabian. Yep. And Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana. Yep. I am a, a, 
of the various things that like I'm not sold on Lance Archer being in this tournament. Uh yeah, same. I think I think it's too small for him. The, well, looking at the bracket, like either he has to go all the way or get disqualified in the first round. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like Colt is a good person to have in this like tournament. Yeah, Colt is a great experienced wrestler. Lance Archer to me doesn't make sense here because like unless they do like a, a like the only thing I could see is if they figure it would it basically if they work it so that it is it Cody goes over everyone on his side of the bracket and you get the Bloody Mary versus the Caesar for the finals. <laughs> that was an alcohol joke, everyone. That was an alcohol joke. For everyone, everyone. not in Canada. Uh, for everyone not in Canada, Caesars are like Bloody Marys, but with Clamato instead of tomato juice. So you can have clams for breakfast. Yeah, I still gotta try making a, uh, a vegan version of that. <laughs> that's not terrible. So, like, the thing that's missing, because, like, the thing that, like, makes... I'm sorry, we're gonna go off on a tangent again. Like, oyster stouts and um, stuff like that. It's like, it, it adds a little bit of, like, brightness from being slightly salty. Yes. And, like... I think finding a way to, like, basically, I think you're going to have to make, like, a, a dashi, like a, you know, like a Japanese soup stock. Yeah, that's basically what I'm thinking. I'll have to get, like, kombu and um, shiitake. Yeah. I was also thinking just maybe letting some, uh, like, some nori paper sit in, in it for a while. Go with kombu over nori. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like it's going to give you a better it's a it's a thicker, heartier sort of kelp. So it'll give you a better stock flavor. We got really distracted. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cooking show now about cocktails. It's a cocktail show. So, yes, we were talking about the tournament and how I think either Lance Archer gets DQ'd early on. Yeah. Or they push this as a way to push Cody versus Lance Archer. Which I really hope they don't do that soon. I would much rather see him get DQ'd. No, for sure. There's there's options, though. We saw what he did to Marco later on. Rest in peace, Marco stunt. 2002 to 2020. He's not that young. He's I know not he's 18. Not I know. I was picking a date to make him seem like a child. <laughs> I probably should have gone with 2014. Yeah. Little boy, <laughs> jump on me. I'll catch you. No, you'll move. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So anyway, we got really off track. Do we just <laughs> want to move forward to dark? Because there wasn't a ton with um, being the elite to talk about. Uh, maybe just real quick, the hangman segment. Yeah, you know what? You took notes on it. Yep, let's I took let, quite a few notes. <laughs> let's let you call this match. Yeah, the ending of Being the Elite this week was a segment with Hangman Page, essentially starting his self-isolation at home. So we've got clips of him playing Animal Crossing, uh, practicing buckshots in the living room, watching a terrible Netflix show with a terrible mustache that I really hope he shaved off afterwards. He's stuck with it. Ugh, oh no. 
and uh, ignoring his phone. So during the skit, he gets calls from Nick, who's marked as being injured or something. I don't know. Mm. Kenny, who is his co-champion and falling in love with Colt. Cheating on Ibushi. Cody, who's just listed as an atheist. Yeah, Cody, parentheses, atheist. Yep. With, I think, one of the uh, thumbnails from an old Being the Lead episode where Cody was possessed. <laughs> and Matt, whose sideburns and beard suck. So yeah, there was, it was a very good little hangman segment. Yep. It's just a nice little f- forward push with that, just so we don't forget that it's going on. We should also talk about the Kenny and Colt segment. Where Kenny was talking about how he has the news going on behind him so that he can always check in on the latest and greatest and like what's happening in the world because it's so uncertain. So having the news on behind you on a TV is a great way to keep informed. And then yep. the TV like goes black and like a screensaver shows up where it's Colt Cabana's face bouncing around the screen. Like the DVD screensaver thing that from that one episode of The Office. Yep. <laughs> and it was just so funny. He starts freaking out and hitting the TV. He, he temporarily forgets how it's supposed to work. And ends up saying, I'm coming for you, Colt. I'm coming. I'm coming! And you know, that, that, that was the main note I had for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's basically what was what was up. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, it was a fun, little, fun little episode. Yeah, we got some good updates on everyone. We got to see a little, some fun stuff, you know. It was really good for my Monday lunch from my couch. Yes. So, Dark. Dark this week was still taking place in Daly's Place. Yes, because it was filmed last week. Yep. So we start off the show with Matt Sells coming back after his tag team match last week to take on Sammy G. Yeah, no, we had Matt Sells come back. And then we had a couple of other indie guys, which was interesting this one was not as packed of a dark no this one for the most part actually seemed like it was more showcasing the left side of the brackets Mm -hmm. of everyone but cody who was doing commentary yes yes so yeah it was definitely like a bracket showcase more than an indie guys showcase yes so we had Sammy versus Matt Sells as the first match after they announced the whole like first half of the bracket. Yeah. So like it was a Sammy versus Matt Sells was probably the like of the four matches. Was it four matches or it was four matches, yep. I think of the four, I thought it was the most interesting. Yeah, I felt that without like the crowd attention even his own crowd attention that like he did on dynamite last week mm-hmm. that he really got to show off more of like a technical and fundamental side yes. in this match you make him look a little more uh competent going into face cody again right because like thus far he's been vlogging and like a little like it, it his his matches haven't been about showcasing sammy yeah it was more showing off sammy's character right and like all building his character, but also like to degree building the inner circle. Yeah. And like the kind of person you have to be to join the inner circle. Or at you least know? be Jericho's favorite member of the inner circle. Yeah, because Sammy is basically Jericho Jr. I love when they have father son picture time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Although Sammy has yet to come up with anything quite as good as pumpkin headed dipshit. Yeah. Oh, that's just hard to beat, though. Yeah, it's pretty hard to beat. I'm, I'm sure Jack will beat it soon, though. <laughs> so yeah, we get like a moment of uh, like a little bit of Matt Sells getting fired up. Yep. Trying to like take the match back, you know, swing favor to himself and everything like that. But Sammy basically spent the first part of the match just kind of like clowning on him. Yeah, really, really showing off with that. Uh, Matt's offense, I found, was mainly big hitting stuff. Mm -hmm. So like just trying to like desperately make up some lost ground. Right. And like, you know, it, it definitely communicated a desperateness. But Sammy was absolutely hot dogging yes which will be great for when he gets that strap on (laughs) (laughs) never gonna live it down i'm not i'm not living that one down never Uh, you know if if we ever do get same in the show i might just uh skip that week (laughs) i don't think i could face that (laughs) <laughs> we'll have to retitle that episode. <laughs> Marking out with a random wrestler. <laughs> Marking out with my guest. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, no, Sammy does like a Sammy goes for a delayed suplex, goes for the pin, and then stops and pulls Matt Cells up. Mm-hmm. Just really, really laying into it and like showboating. Um, Sells escapes a squatting fireman's carry and scores a cutter for two, but Sammy hits a knee strike and then a GTS. A burning GTS. Right, they called it a burning GTS, which, like, I guess is a GTS when you have chlamydia. We'd have to ask Sammy that. <laughs> I, I I was pretty sure they were taking it from the burning hammer. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Which is an upside down DVD. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a that was a fun looking move. Yeah, that was really cool. And I saw it, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen him do this before, but I can't remember where. Do you remember now? No. I okay, still don't remember. There, was, there wasn't like and then I remembered there was some indie show I went to. It's like it might have been a Wrestle Circus show that would make sense so yeah no we get to see sammy play into the douchebag character while also displaying that he's a really fucking good wrestler yeah like there's a reason that he's in a company called elite (laughs) so our next match is a sean versus sean match very difficult to call A very rare match, like, you know, like, there, there's certain kinds of matches that you don't see all that often, and the Sean v. Sean match is just one of those real special occasions that you have to tune in for. Oh yeah, it is such a treat. Um, that that match would be uh, Sean Spears versus Sean Dean. The Captain Sean Dean. Yeah, no Tully Blanchard, because, like, he old. Yeah, no, stay home. Yeah, no, y- you want... The older guys to stay home when the Rona is about. <laughs> yes, Aaron. No, I got nothing. I'm just gonna okay. leave it that with you. All right, that's fine. So yeah, like as we mentioned, this was a episode about showing off the 
one side of the bracket that they had just revealed. So it was a fairly straightforward match for, you know, Sean Spears basically controlling most of the match. Yep. Very easily it looked like at times. Yeah. Like we get it it was fairly quick. It's a good way to like get Sean Spears a win finally. <laughs> After well he wasn't allowed to just walk away from this one. Yeah, so it, it it worked out pretty well. Like, you know, for a what, like four minute match. Yeah, both there. Uh really good commentary from Cody talking about the chair shot that he received. Yep. Now it left staples in the back of his head. Could have left an office max in the back of his head. Yep. Now, I did listen to an interview with Sean Spears a little bit ago where he talked about that for for a while mm-hmm. and going into like, yeah, the chair was gigged, so it was meant to like bent and look terrible, but he happened to catch Cody on the back of his head on the pullback. You know, that's what did the damage there. Right. And, and I think like he was actually a little bit upset that they immediately went out and explained how everything was set up and how it wasn't actually a danger and and that was an accident. It's like, I could have used like a week just to work with this, but whatever. I mean, like the the decision to start calling him the chairman. Yep. Was a very good way to play that off. But yeah, like I, I do feel bad that Cody got his head caved in by a chair. I mean, really, he, he gets injured every time he goes out there anyway. It's really like... Cody needs to slow down. Like, I get that he's finally getting the bookings he wants because he's, you know, doing (laughs) the bookings. But, like, I'd rather see Cody get good bookings and not destroy himself so that we can see Cody get good bookings for a long time. Yeah, we don't want Cody just to have a backstage job. (laughs) Right. Unless that backstage job is applying neck tattoos. Oh, God. No. Cody Rhodes, professional neck tattoo artist. No. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, no. It, um, the, the finish was a chokeout, belly-to-belly suplex, and then C4. Tron Spears wins the Battle of the Shawns. Yep, very efficient. Very well done. Um, so our next match was Darby versus Preston Vance. Which was a big change-up from the past two matches. Yes. So the past two matches, we saw the main roster guys come in, throw around their opponents and do whatever and look really good. Darby Allen comes out and just gets his ass kicked for five minutes. <laughs> right. So, like, there's that, like, old trope in a lot of anime that... Because AEW is anime. Let's be real. <laughs> it really is. There's that old trope in a lot of anime where the hero has to get beat up first to get like sufficiently angry and then they can win. Yeah. And that's Darby Island style is the shonen hero who needs to get beat up first. Yeah. In this one, Cody again over the commentary was uh, making sure to draw a lot of comparisons between Darby and how he's basically able to throw himself into this much of a beating and comparing it to the likes of like John Moxley and mm-hmm. uh, Minoru Suzuki, which is like super high praise. Right. And like, especially if you've seen the match those two had back in February. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, and like, 
broken brilliance himself, Matt Hardy, has frequently compared Darby Allen to, like, Brother Nero. Yep. Yeah, I can see so that, we've, too. We've gotten a lot of comparisons between, like, Darby and Jeff Hardy, and, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So, like, it, it, there's... He's... I just don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> I don't know if he could tell if he got hurt. <laughs> yes, he could. He could. But, yeah, so, like, it... it Darby getting his shit caved in for a little while gets it, like, a little bit more... It it makes it more interesting than... I guess we should mention who his opponent was. I Did I say Preston Vance? I said Preston Vance. Did we? I don't I, remember. I said Preston Vance. Oh, all I remember, really, is he had vanilla on his butt. Yes. <laughs> his tights said vanilla over the butt. And he looked like a Ruthless Aggression era mid-carter. He says something, I think he's, he's got, he either is billed as Preston Vance or Vanilla Vance. Yeah, one of those two. I think is what they said. That's what Cody said, I think. Yeah. Let's look it up. Cody Vance, also known as Preston Vance, Cody Vincent. He used to play ice hockey. His nickname is Vanilla. And he was trained at the Monster Factory by, I assume, one of the McElroy brothers. <laughs> I'm going to go with Griffin, because Griffin's the one who actually watches wrestling. That makes sense. Okay, so, yeah, no, like, it, basically, Darby gets beat up for a while, then rallies for his big counter, he hits a code red, that gets two, Vance counters into a cutter for another two, Darby counters a <laughs> suplex, and then hits a stunner and a coffin drop for the finish. And Cody even pointed out that he's starting to look before he does the coffin drop now. Mm -hmm. He's not just jumping in blind. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of his opponents appreciate that. Yeah, because it's less like, oh god, I have to run and catch him. Yep. <laughs> Our next match is supposed to be John Moxley versus Fabu Andre. This one's a weird one. This one was a quick one, but I do have something to say here. Cause okay. I was kind of curious about Fabu Andre after the match because watching like his entrance and stuff like he, he he knows what he's doing, but something's missing here, I think. Right. So I went and found him on YouTube and the entrance I found on YouTube is he really folds into the whole monarch of manliest thing from the from the butterfly garden. Mm -hmm. So he's got like butterfly wing face paint. He's got giant silk wings that he wrapped himself up in like it is a big flamboyant entrance and they didn't give him that here <laughs> i don't know if it's because he didn't bring his stuff or they just told him not to they also had him in what i would contend is his absolute worst ring gear possibly yeah because like just look at like look at his twitter profile pic versus what he wore for dark and like it, there's there's a pretty fucking stark difference yeah i know yeah like you know not having the makeup not having the butterfly wings it didn't do service to his character but like i mean when you're jobbing you're jobbing and this was jobbing <laughs> oh was it ever I, but i'm just gonna leave it that like i think somewhere along the way he got a little bit hamstring on his entrance and could have made a much better impression yes i agree Basically, the match is Mox pummels him to start. After coming down from the hard cam. 
yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lox was running hard cam for the match because you know he's the everyman. He can do it all. He's the he's the essential worker. I, I like how he actually turned off the monitor before picking up the belt and leaving. <laughs> I I appreciate him. So yeah, no, like we get like there's like a moment where you think, oh yeah, Andre might actually put something together here, and then Mox murders him with a lariat. Yeah, it was it was all three seconds. <laughs> and then there's the there's the gotch pile driver, and yep. then there's the STF, and and then there's the the submission, and that was it. Yeah, I did find it a little bit interesting that Mox is showing off a submission move here, after after getting involved with this whole Hagar thing, who is known as the MMA guy, he has mm -hmm. submissions, all this and whatnot. So, like, specifically showing that off, it was kind of interesting. So, yeah, speaking of uh, Jake Hager, Hager the Horrible comes out and chokes Mox out, which is, like, I don't know. Uh, submission feels like a weird thing to do as your in-ring attack after the match is over. One that is meant to choke out. Yeah, it's a little bit odd because you just kind of leave them there. They don't even really get to see it. Whereas something like sharpshooters, figure fours, uh, chicken wings, that kind of stuff, where they're still left mm -hmm. awake and in pain, makes a little more sense. Right, no, for sure. Uh, so yeah, um, reports are that there's already a title match in the can. Uh, yep, yeah. I'm sure we'll hear more about that soon. So, Dynamite this week from a secret location. Wrestlers in the crowd again, too. Which, thank you. <laughs> yes. I I'm very glad to see that. It does... J just having that sound and, and some kind of interaction makes all the difference between an empty show and one with other wrestlers there. Or with people watching. Right, like, it, it, like even if it's just like, oh yeah, the gun club is here. And the, the Gun Club and Orange Cassidy are here. <laughs> you know, having three, two reasonable voices and one incredibly loud voice in Orange Cassidy keeps yep. it entertaining. God, they just cannot shut him up. No, really. So, uh, Trent, question mark, versus Kenny Omega. I think they took Darby's script for this one. They were kind of like all over the ringside area using everything available to them. They were. It, it really, sh I, it did a very good job of showing off Trent. Yeah. Like Trent as a singles competitor is quite a force. <laughs> right. And like if Trent does opt to pivot to singles wrestling, we can always reunite the gentlemen's club. Yep. Hopefully with more talking Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I mean, he did talk in a promo afterwards on Twitter. That's true. That was a good promo. I I just want more like Orange Cassidy shouting things at people mid-match. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now's the perfect time to have them do it. Like, because you can actually hear him. Yeah, everything's quiet enough now you can hear him. Right. So like, like how, like, um, I, I keep, I've watched so many Orange Cassidy matches in the last like two weeks because like I'm just like going through and watching like a bunch of back catalog stuff of um I watched the Gentleman's Club versus the Pogs. The Pog? Oh yes, yep. It took me a second to remember who that is. Uh, that was a fun match. Like it just it, you know they 
Chucky T and Orange Cassidy have a very good dynamic. Yes. So yeah, what we got out of this was like a very hard-hitting match mm -hmm. with a 20-minute time limit that went to one minute left. Which like, you know, that that's that's the kind of match that you want to see. I'm glad to see Kenny Omega's hand is back. Yep. Trent even still worked on it a little bit, and it seemed to still get in there, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're all over the place. They're in the ring. They're on the apron. They're on the entranceway. They used a random pole in the in the crowd section at one point. A pole that will become important later on. Yes, it will. <laughs> um, there's, like, lots of good moments. My absolute favorite moment from the match, I'll give you one guess. Uh, hmm. was it Tony Schiavone calling Cody the natural? No, that's a very <laughs> good moment from that match, but it is not my favorite. My favorite moment is when Kenny makes fun of the best friend's hug and Orange Cassidy goes in for the hug because it's like, oh, someone wants a hug. Yeah, I'll do that. That's what I do. <laughs> and Chucky had to pull him away, <laughs> which was... <laughs> i love that like i it's yeah it, it was very good i the, the whole match was just like so like i don't want to say fierce because it's a little too gay <laughs> but like it's the right word it wasn't brutal but it was like it was very hard hitting hard hitting it, it was very well paced <sighs> high energy yep and like intense it, 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 intense is a good word yeah, I don't know. I'll like I don't have the right word for it right now, but it felt very like the the hits happened when they needed to. They worked really well, like and it was a steady pace that didn't like leave me feeling like I just watched a 19 minute and 10 second match. Yeah. So, yeah, all of the things that we've said, I just wish there was one word that I could use to succinctly describe <laughs> it. But unfortunately, there really isn't. No. So, yeah, I would like it was a very competitive, good match. It's dramatic, maybe dramatic, compelling. Compelling is not a bad word. Teasing the draw was one of those things, though, that like. I was kind of hoping they would go for it, but you know, then they hit the one minute mark. Kenny gets him up in the one win angel and drops him. And it's mm -hmm. like, nope, now we're done. Yeah. When you hit the OWA, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, it's like Chucky T. said, nobody kicks out of the Falcon arrow. Hey, Hey, next match. I get to point that out. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> warning. <laughs> But yeah, um, as stated in the chat here by Aitsu, uh, Chucky even turning away when Kenny hits the one-wing angel just kind of sells that move a little bit more. Because mm -hmm. like, e even your support knows the match is done at that point. Right. And like, so my my favorite, so sorry to go back to the, the Gentleman's Club versus the Pogs match, but Chucky hits two falcon arrows and then loudly exclaims nobody kicks out of the falcon arrow <laughs> and gets kicked out of yep. <laughs> and like i just fucking i 
I love being able to hear the wrestlers in the ring. The banter when you can hear it is just so amazing and just adds that extra level. Mm-hmm. Like I love seeing a good match in a very loud arena with a very active crowd. But if I can hear the wrestlers talking trash in the ring, that's that's just even better to the make for me. Oh, absolutely. That like there's appeals to both kinds of shows. Yes. So we um our next match, skipping over the highlight package of Jericho versus Matt Hardy. Because we went over that last week. <laughs> uh we get Hikari Shida versus Anna J with two Y's. Don't ask me why, but there's two Y's. <laughs> Trained by QT Marshall at the Nightmare Factory, I think it was Trained called. Trained by the Appleman. Yep. I think that the, the training facility, they call it the Nightmare Factory. I think that's what it was. I, I didn't write that down, unfortunately. I probably should have. I think that's what it's called. But this was a really good showing for someone's like first time out on dynamite even like showing up and just being very cocky like even throwing her hair into sheeta's face it and just keeping that up in a j on i could have sworn she was on another match was she on a dark before maybe i want to say she was on a dark and this was a dynamite probably preview or first time anyway so yeah no this was a good match like um Anna Jay got very sassy with Sheeta, which was fun to watch. We got and so we got like a up. little bit of Yeah, backed it up after getting sassy. That's the important part, really. Yes. There's like there's it was a fun match. Um Sheeta pulls out her hair tie, which is the sign that shit's about to go down. Yep. And like, you know, we, we get a lot of good back and forth in this match. And like to be honest. Obviously, Kenny Omega versus Trent is a very good match because it's a Kenny Omega match and Trent can work really well. But I think, like, this is... I mean, like, they haven't had a lot of women's matches recently. Unfortunately. But even so, it's one of the more entertaining women's matches that I think they've had just in the company. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, I can probably say that because I am a huge Sheeta Mark right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm enthralled with her right now, so seeing her come out and, and do amazingly like this with someone it's still relatively new is just so good. And it really makes me look forward to in the future when, uh, when the storylines come back and she can start working towards uh, right. the, the title shot with Nyla and right. what they're going to be able to put on. No, and like... It also, the fact that she's getting work with Britt Baker. Yep. Tony's good friend, Dr. Britt Baker. Okay, we have to talk about that after this match. Because there was some odd commentary going on between that. Yeah, let's let's maybe finish the specifics of the match before we talk about fucking Tony Schiavone's mirror universe wife, Britt Baker. <laughs> Cody said some weird fucking stuff when he's on yeah, commentary. Yeah, really suggestive. Like, really fucking weird. Cody, why? <laughs> so anyway, uh, as I spoiled before, Peter gets a knee strike 
followed by a falcon arrow and no one kicks out of the falcon arrow. No one kicks out of the falcon arrow. Except like everyone who kicks out of the falcon arrow. Shush. (laughs) (laughs) I could see Anna J getting signed. Yeah, if she can keep doing stuff like this, like... Of course, she already has a little bit of advantage coming through QT Marshall School. Coming through Apple School. Yep. Apple Montessori. <laughs> Apple Montessori Wrestling Academy. Nope. Can't do that one. <laughs> Why? Because it's copyrighted? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yeah, no, having Sheeta go over on this match was obviously good. I'm so thrilled that she's getting a push. Like... I'm thrilled that they're building up her character. I know it's a weird time in wrestling right now, but like having her actually do like having her have like a real competitive match against and like show off what she can do. And like, it it just, I loved it. Yeah. That's why I rated it as one of my favorite women's matches thus far. Yeah. I definitely see that. So yeah, let's talk about, (laughs) Tony Schiavone and Dr. Britt Baker, his mirror universe wife, as Cody said. There was a lot of like weird suggestive stuff about Tony and Dr. Britt Baker. Yes. You know, because God rest his soul, rest in peace, Dr. Britt Baker's boyfriend. He's no longer with us, us being AEW. (laughs) Forever missed Adam Cole. Forever missed Adam Cole, baby. (laughs) So... All I really want to know about this storyline right now is, is this Tony and Brit thing supposed to become, like, some kind of weird Finn Dom angle? (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that what I have to get myself ready for here? (laughs) This episode is so bizarre. Yes, I, I'm just going to say, I, I hope that they go for a financial domination angle and that Britt Baker just makes Tony pay for stuff for her. <laughs> and, like, calls him a dirty boy and, like, occasionally spanks him, but also just takes his money. <laughs> Mostly just takes his money. It's like, I, I'm okay with this angle. I just want to be prepared if they do this. I mean, I think at this point we we count as prepared because we've just <laughs> talked about it fair enough okay back to the show oh. <laughs> so the next <laughs> next we had this a package of between moxie and hagar which is promoting in two weeks a no mm-hmm. hold barred no holds barred empty arena match which should be interesting. Uh, also implies that they've already filmed it. Yeah. Uh, the word out this morning was they filmed through the 15th, I believed. Yes. Um, I uh, Hold on. It'll be Sunday is the 12th is Sunday. So it'll be the 15th. Yeah. They're filmed up through halfway through the month. Yeah. Which means they have time. I guess they finish up on the 22nd and hope. But things are back to normal at the end of April, but I'm skeptical about that. So yeah, like we get like a little talk segment about Moxley in the inner circle. Jake Hager is not so good at talking. Still a dickhole. <laughs> no, Moxie did very well putting this over. Yes. 
and like I'm very excited to see Moxley beat Jake Hager and just like get him out of the picture for a little bit. Yeah. Coming back to the show, we have Colt jumping in on commentary because Cody has to go get ready for his match. Colt, boom, boom, cabana. A little bit upset that he doesn't have an AEW jacket to really show off how professional he is. Mm-hmm. And did you know he's also a wrestler? Colt Cabana? Yeah, he, he made sure to point out just so everyone know that he is also a wrestler. That's a surprise. I know. Huh. I wouldn't have guessed. So you remember a little bit earlier in the show where we said Rip Marco? <laughs> That's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah, we're, so we're, mm, we're not quite there yet because we get the Jake Roberts promo. Yes, we do. Yep. And like it proves that god damn can Jake still talk. Yeah. I, I don't think that's been in doubt since he's gotten back. But he just keeps showing it every week. He shows up every single week for these promo videos and they're just like platinum. The one thing that maybe I could have done without, but it's it's you know, it's Jake Roberts. It, he's from the older generation. They didn't need to do the Brandy wears the pants in the family line. Yeah, like it, it is it's very dated. I understand it worked in the 80s. Um but you're talking about a woman who is the chief brand manager for, for the whole fucking company. For a really big company. <laughs> like she could wear whatever yeah. she wants, really. <laughs> I'm not going to bring it up again. Sammy would like her to wear a strap on. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, God. That was. <laughs> You're never going to live it down. I'm not going to live that one down. So, our next match is. Probably the most... There's been a lot of one-sided matches in AEW, but there's never been one quite so bad. This was a murder. As the homicide of Marco's stunt by one Lance Archer. Oh, God. It's like, yeah, we got the video package, and then Marco comes out, and you just know he's not going to make it through this. It is not going to be fun for him. No... And Lance gives him a couple of free shots, and Marco tries his best. Yeah, he he did get some offense in. He was landing like a suicida. He was getting out of a choke slam, hit an enziguri, but it ultimately didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, Marco did for for being Marco's stunt size, and like this is the thing. I think Colt says something to this effect that like. Maybe I saw it on Twitter. Either way, it might have been Matt Hardy who said it on Twitter. That AEW is lucky to have someone with as much heart and love for the business as Marco Stunt. Yes. And it, I mean, the fact that he was willing to go out there and literally die <laughs> to put over Lance Archer. Good for you, Marco Stunt. So yeah, like Marco literally gets thrown around like a ragdoll for the entire match. Yeah, he does. Ends up he takes a shoulder block that sends him out of the ring. <laughs> yep. Gets brought back in and given a lifted crucifix slam, which is a move I haven't 
actually seen so much since I used it in No Mercy, the video <laughs> game. <laughs> it was it it was just so this one I would describe as brutal. It was like it wasn't quite as hard to watch as like a hardcore match. Yeah. Like while Trent and Kenny was very intense, there was good back and forth through it. Right. This was just a one-sided stomping. Yeah, no. This felt like it was just a to be honest, I think this is going to get a promo next week that talks about how much of an insult this match was. Probably. And I think that was the intention. Now, there's a good moment post-match where Lance chokeslams Marco from the apron onto the awaiting Gun Club and Orange Cassidy. Who barely catch him. Which prompted me to remark to Aaron, little boy, jump on me, I'll catch you, has come true. (laughs) Yep, no, you did. I have the the chat record of that. Uh, so yeah no that was it was fun in a oh my god marco is dead sort of way yeah so then we have a another exalted one package where Brody lee meets with some minions a very corporate business meeting look in case you're still not sure where we were going with this it's it's a it's a vince mcmahon joke it's all a vince mcmahon joke top to bottom start to finish yeah the yelling at one of either eight or nine for yawning makes you look weak Mm -hmm. because yawning is a sign of weakness and if you ever yawn in his don't ever yawn in my presence again blah 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 which leads us into the dustin and qt the the natural nightmares the apple nightmare versus the dark order minions eight and nine so you know how this match is gonna go Yep. Because they're pushing the Apple Nightmares right now. I do love how they keep the numbering scheme for the Dark Order, though. Yes, that was... That's that's pretty good. I like that. I mean, yeah, because we already know they've got Uno and Dos. Dos is Grayson. I know Dos is Stu. (laughs) He was player Dos when he tagged with Uno. He was also generico Dos. We talked about this the other week. So yeah, no, the number scheme, keeping the number scheme is actually pretty good. I I do approve of that. Um, but yeah, no, it 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 just shows that Dustin and QT are a good veteran tag team to have around. Yeah, they are very uh very cohesive amongst themselves. Can really put together stuff. I did enjoy the "You still got it" chant from the Gun Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and like to be honest though. This isn't my favorite tag team that Dustin's been a part of. I still preferred Dustin and Sonny Kiss. Yes. But I think we have a bias towards anyone in Sonny Kiss. A little bit. But, like, you know, Dustin talked about it himself. That, like, there's, like, in in some of the, like, moments of a little bit more flamboyancy that you see from some of those wrestlers like Sonny Kiss. There's, like, little little shades of gold dust yep and it was cool to see like that coming together of the generations in that tag team and like if they you know not full blown i god knows i don't want full-blown gold dust ever again no no we, we don't need that 
but like some of that little bit of theatricality would have been nice. Yeah, no, definitely taking inspiration from giving homage to definitely. I don't necessarily need Dustin to rub his nipples on TV anymore. Or show up in bondage gear. Uh, speaking of which, sorry, another tangent. Oh, goodness. I rewatched that match where um, it was uh, Regal and Goldust had to switch places. And William Regal had to wrestle as Goldust and Goldust had to wrestle as William Regal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good <laughs> it is it's one of the silliest matches that wwe has put out and it's one of the it's like a it's a 30 second match of course basically does uh, gold dust is out there in the ring like looking all serious with a wig on to look like william regal regal comes out in like the long blonde wig and like the gold dust face paint gold dust still has the gold dust face paint on by the <laughs> yeah, way of course uh, like the you know they go through like the typical stuff and then regal's like wait wait hold on and then he does the gold dust nipple rub <laughs> and while he's doing that gold dust puts on brass knuckles and just knocks him the fuck out <laughs> match over in 10 seconds oh god it was wonderful i love william regal so much i know so yeah um dustin and qt versus eight and nine dustin and qt go over eight and nine as is to be expected fairly easily too fairly easily but eight and nine aren't even named so like you kind of expected it uh brody lee shows up and stares down dustin on his way in Mm mm-hmm so I that would be an interesting match to have. Yeah. Then he kills off one of either eight or nine because they failed him. Powers he power bombs him and leaves as the other one runs away and escapes. I'm yeah. sure we'll get like a video package of the other one getting caught and killed later on. You know, I'm I'm really just hoping that that one was nine who lost, so they can replace him with seven, because then commentary will just be jokes of seven, eight, nine. I hope they do that. <laughs> It'd be a fun dark spot. It'd be a fun dark spot. After all this, though, we had a segment updating with uh, Chris Jericho, where he took some time to verbally run down all of the elite. Yes, from a hot tub. While also congratulating Nick on his new baby. Congrats on your new baby. <laughs> Vanguard one sneaks up on him and he talks to the drone again, again, trying to recruit him into the inner circle and even has a custom shirt made up for him. He has a custom shirt made for Vanguard one that is like, like drone size. And Vanguard one has like a little like zip tie looped on the bottom of the drone. So Jericho puts a hanger with this dumb <laughs> shirt on the drone. Oh, it has to be pointed out too. Jericho's sitting in a hot tub in leather pants. <laughs> and a belt. This was confirmed on the after show with uh, Excalibur, Taz, and JR. Where, yes, he's wearing leather pants. <laughs> Which is very Jericho. Yep. <laughs> like, perfectly Jericho. <laughs> Is he, yeah, Vanguard 1 flies away um, and Jericho screams, release the hounds. <laughs> and all of Jericho's tiny dogs chase after Vanguard 1. They're all so adorable. I know. <laughs> I love them. 
It was a wonderful moment. Um, we get the update on Nick Jackson. So, like, it seems like he's doing better from his injury. Yeah, they've got a ring set up now so they can go and start working a little bit better. Yeah, knock off some of the ring rust. Matt's isolation beard is coming in very nicely. Right. It, 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 sorry, I got distracted by my notes. There, his, his isolation beard looks good. Not quite as good as Hangman's. No. <laughs> I, I hope he shaves that crap. <laughs> I am not a fan of the handlebar. <laughs> um, no, I think they did something interesting with this segment, though. In, not, in having Nick not remember who attacked him. Yes. Because that leaves it open. It might not have been the inner circle. Yeah, it could have been someone else. It could have been someone hired by the inner circle. It could have been someone completely random. It could have been someone on the inside. It could be, yeah. It could have been Hangman. I didn't think we were going to say it outright, but yes, it could be Hangman. Who? Hangman. Thank you. Adam Handwash Page. So, like... It was, it, it leaves it open. It leaves them, like, it leaves a really interesting angle for, like, what they can do going forward. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into our last match of the night. Yep. Really showing off all of that one side of the brackets this week. Mm-hmm. As we have Sammy G and Sean Spears taking on Darby Allen and Cody. And I'm assuming what remains of the other side of the bracket will get dark matches for this week. That's what I would expect to see. Especially because the tournament starts next week. Does it start next week or does it start in two weeks? I think it starts in next starts next week and it's scheduled to have the finals during the uh next the the supposed May pay per view. Okay. If that still happens. Yeah. Although it'd be weird to decide a TV title on a pay per view. Yeah, that 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 threw me. But like, that's what they announced when they announced the title. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Most likely, that will be what it is. Uh, but yeah, so we have Sammy Strap on Guevara and Sean Spears <laughs> versus Cody and Darby Allen. Where Cody goes out for a kiss from Brandy at the start, but almost goes for Trent instead. <laughs> I too pointed out while we were watching that uh, you probably went for Trent. Because Chucky e. T or Orange Cassie would have gone through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Either one of those two would have gone for it. And like actually gone in and like planted one on him. Yeah. Especially Chucky e. T. Yes. That's how you move up in corporations, right? You kiss the boss. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to kiss the boss's ass. But his lips are much prettier. <laughs> And also, eating ass is banned under social distancing. That's true. <laughs> That's not a joke. Nope, that was a legitimate guideline put out. So anyway, on to this match. Where we see in the start of Sean Spears getting his ass kicked in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Tries to go for a tag on Sammy, who's vlogging and immediately tags back out. Mm-hmm. And goes around the ringside and harasses Brandy a bit more, who steals his phone and walks away with it. Which was wonderful. And she, I believe she does quip, 
It's going to be his most popular episode ever. I can't wait to see that in Sammy's vlog. So, yeah, Nate, like, um, basically, Darby is attacking Sammy on the floor, Sean Spears cuts them off, there's, like, yeah, Darby does a pretty good job of taking control, tags Cody back in, and then, you know, they all kind of go wild, basically. Yeah, they kind of just throw the whole book out and let them go all over where they can in this they arena. They threw the book out on all parts of this match. Yeah. There was no hope of having control of it. Just let him go. It ended up being over 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like we have like there's like a pretty like it's it's what you'd expect from a match that's designed to build half of a bracket in a tournament. Yeah. Everyone gets a good look. Everyone looks good. Everyone shows off what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised that Cody and Darby had the offensive momentum for so long in this match right because usually neither of them do that no both of them like to get beat up yep i also did really like the gambling spot yes the game the the um i'll pay you money to hurt darby yeah how long can you hold up in this in a stalling vertical suplex 10 seconds 16 seconds and then he counters out of spears's Second attempt, so Sammy gets all the money. I was kind of surprised how much money they each stored in their trunks, apparently. <laughs> it was good. I also appreciate the fact that on the heel side of the arena, Jimmy Havoc was there basically flipping off the camera the whole match. Yep. That was a good little Easter egg. He kind of got involved in this, too. Yes, he did. When Cody was thrown over that guardrail and all of the heels there just jumped him. Yep. Because they're heels, and that's what they do. We can hit our boss now. Go for it. I mean, like, why not take the advantage when you can? Exactly. It's the heelish way. So, yeah, no, we get, like, there's a lot that happens following this that happens out of the ring. It was a frantic match. Mm-hmm. You know, including a figure four leg lock that was broken up by a standing shooting star press. Mm-hmm. There was a moonsault into a hot tag. A missile drop kick from the apron to Darby, who was resting on the barricade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, as we mentioned before, Darby Allen climbing that same pole from before and coffin dropping off of it. Yeah, so he climbed like a solid, what, like 15 feet up? Uh, yeah, that would be a very safe guess. And then coffin dropped onto uh sammy and sean spears yep and if that doesn't scream jeff hardy i don't know what does <laughs> it really does yeah the ending came soon after that yes with sean getting a chair getting ready to hit cody but darby has his back grabs the chair and then Sammy tries to grab the chair from Darby, which distracts him. And Spears and Darby, being the legal men, allowed Spears to get a quick roll-up for three. Right. So the heels are going into this tournament with uh, a lot of momentum behind them. Yeah, no, and, like, so like the, the way that the finish happened is, like, really interesting. Because, like, it looked like part of it was, like, set up where Darby saves Cody from getting the chair shot. And then, like, loses the match because of it. Yep. 
Whereas if he just let the illegal man get hit, he could have then jumped on Spears. Right. He could have won the match. Yep. So you see Darby Allen do the right thing and get punished for it. And mm -hmm. I think that's going to flavor his character going forward, as we see when he lays Cody out post-match. Yeah, because after that, Darby looked understandably upset. So Cody tries to console him and gets a really still available for it. Mm -hmm. And that, my friends, is all over the AEW for this week. So we've got two segments we need to do. Aaron, do you know what those segments are? I think I remember one of them. Well, our first segment is Booty Moments with Cat. <sighs> right, this one. <laughs> As promised, this week's booties that are being rated are the Bucks of Youth. <laughs> so, on our scale of... What, was, what, did we, what did we do for the scale? I think it was Rikishi, Rikishi to... to Finn Balor. Yes. Nick Jackson gets a six. Matt Jackson gets a 6.5. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. Your brother is the hotter one. I almost feel bad, like, reiterating that so much. Anyway, next segment, because that was Booty Moments with Kat. What's my beef? I do have a rather specific beef this week. What's your beef? My beef is when storylines start bringing in wrestlers real names okay it's happening over on the other show and it's happened in a few independents i've seen before it's happened years ago during the was it at no it was the biker taker era they kind of did it i mean the most famous is the pipe bomb yeah exactly it's putting in the wrestlers real names into the storyline and it's really an insult to the fans getting invested in your storylines and your characters because you kind of throw it back and be like by the way that's all fake screw you yeah here's the fourth wall that you know is the only thing that makes this fucking thing work yeah so yeah no i get that that's my beef okay um i have a reverse beef which i guess i'll call uh i i guess it's kind of a it's it's a it's a it's a reverse beef we're calling it a satan <laughs> Okay. Uh, my reverse beef is Tasha Gonzalez is thus far the only ring announcer who is properly said Norfolk. The only ring announcer who's properly said Hikari. Yep. Good for you, Tasha Gonzalez. That is my reverse beef or Satan, which I guess means it's beef with everyone else who ring announces for AEW Justin Roberts. <laughs> Not to call anyone out or anything. No, Justin Roberts. Not to call anyone out. All right. We're at an hour. We're at an hour forty-five. Do we want to call this thing? I think we do. I think we're done for the week. We're done for the week, but we'll be back next week. I will almost assuredly have more Orange Cassidy matches to talk about. <laughs> I'll be okay with this. I might actually watch some Chikara stuff. And oh, there is a live stream tomorrow morning of on IndependentWrestling.tv. Eleven a.m. There's like a Chikara. I think it's like a marathon kind of thing going on. Okay. Maybe just a couple shows. That will be out of date by the time this goes live on the podcast. We'll just cut that part out then. I'll cut that part out. Okay. Uh, beyond that? Yeah, no, I, I will 
I want to watch at least one or two Fire Ant matches. Yes. The colony was yes. Beyond that, I probably should eat something if I'm going to have another peeber. Probably should have eaten some before the stream, but whatever. Meh. I'll live. In the meantime, everyone, as we say here, I'm trying to think of cat puns. Hold on. Nope, I don't got them. So instead, I'll just do the usual. Be gay. Do crimes. Bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. It's okay, I can insert a super kick sound effect. Okay, we did take one of those earlier. Um, that wasn't recorded though, that was just me slapping my ass for fun. Oh my god. <laughs> just open Audacity and do it, dang it. <laughs> I have to get a clean take. You're a clean take. No, I am a very dirty take. Let's be real. (laughs)